Hello and welcome to another episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. This episode will be all about blockchain and retail and providing insights will be our two favorite retail technology experts. Back with us again are first Jeff Patterson, a 20-year veteran of Red Iron Technologies, where he serves as CTO. Good to see you again, Jeff. Good to see you, Jim. Good. And, and Jeff just told us before uh, we hit record that uh, he's celebrating his 30-year wedding anniversary by going to Hawaii shortly after this recording. So maybe we won't see him back again, or maybe uh, we'll do one of these with palm trees in the background. So um, nice. yeah, that, that would be nice. Yeah. if Even if it's a little windy, we would deal with it, I'm, I'm sure. Also back with us is Barry Egeter, Red Iron's chief operating officer. He's been part of the Red Iron team for nearly six years and has worked in the retail technology industry for many years beyond that. Hello again, Barry. Hey, Jim. I say next time we do this, we should go on a road trip with Jeff and make sure we record one on, on the beaches. <laughs> Fabulous. I, I would love to do that. And all of us are right around Lake Erie. You guys are north of it. I'm I'm south of it. We do not want to do one once the lake freezes over, right? And, and do it out there. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not good. Yeah. Ice fishing is not exactly something that... Uh, that I'd like to do at this point. I prefer the summer to go a little bit longer. So, well, before we jump into it, to our viewers, if you're not familiar with Red Iron, they're a multi-vendor systems integrator that helps retailers implement, extend, or maintain any uh, major retail uh, software system. Red Iron is forging retail innovation and solving retailer pain points through technology. For more information on the company, visit RedIronTech.com. Okay, so we have to start with defining what exactly is blockchain and so to do that first i googled blockchain retail and and this is this is what i got blockchain also referred to as distributed ledger technology enables participants in a distributed network to each maintain a copy of an immutable ledger of transactions and allows transactions to be executed without the need for a third party so i get to do my david letterman thing where i will just crumple that up and throw it away right because that doesn't clear things up at all it makes it even worse so jeff if you can help us out because i understand you're the lead on this how would you define and describe blockchain for the retail executives listening to us yeah i'll i'll, I'll take describe rather than define because actually i like that definition but yeah you're right it doesn't bridge the gap much in terms of you know helping to understand what this thing is and how it might affect my business so um, I like the, I like using the term distributed ledger. I think I find that's a little more descriptive of what's happening. But the 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 elements that are important to remember, I'd say, is first of all, it's 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 it doesn't live any particular place, which is the hardest thing to get used to because you know you think of data, it's always on a disk somewhere, and you know I've got a source of truth. And this is really think of it more like um, you know your your data is. Yet the, your data exists in multiple locations. Um, you, there, there's no one spot that you can say this is the right data. It, it's sort of a network collaboration in terms of telling you what the what the actual data is. So, so think of it as sort of relinquishing ownership of the physical manifestation of your data. It doesn't mean you have to relinquish ownership of your data. It doesn't mean that you have to sort of you know. A lot of people, I think. Um, are under the misapprehension that if you go with blockchain, it has to be, you know, I'm public and, you know, I'm going to be subject to whatever the, you know, whatever I read on cryptocurrency um, uh, behaviors. It's it's not like that. It really is just a technology that enables a distributed data set. And the advantages of that are clear. I mean, the data set cannot die. 
unless every node dies sort of thing. And so you, you have re resiliency and redundancy, and you also have um, unmediated agreement. So you don't have to, you know, a lot, of, a lot of what we do is moving data from system to system and trying to coordinate that data across all these. I think in a post-blockchain world, and that's going to be a while, I mean, this is, this is new stuff, but, but a lot of that intermediation can be eliminated because you won't have to, you know, not everyone needs to have its own copy of the data as long as it has a contract with how to get it then it doesn't really matter where they're getting it from. And so taking the um, idea of positionality out of data is really what blockchain gives you. And the crypto side is just security and immutability and making sure that no one can perturb it. But, the, um, but I do think that in terms of what you need to know from a, from a retailer perspective, I think it is inevitable. I think it will happen at some point. I mean, that's, that's opinion obviously, but I think its benefits are manifest and you know in in a lot of ways it's hard for us to sort of fully comprehend how it's going to change the retail landscape but i think it's inevitable that it will and we can just talk about how to sort of be ready for that but i think just the takeaways are you know your data is going to be widely distributed it's going to have an element of public to it we can talk through what that will be and don't think of it as just cryptocurrency. I mean, cryptocurrency is an implementation on the blockchain, but there's lots of other ones. So I like using the distributed ledger word because it sort of takes some of the um, uh, baggage away from the conversation when you talk about blockchain. Everyone minds goes to cryptocurrency, and it, it's a lot more than that. Got it. So if I'm understanding it correctly, you don't have to worry about, oh, I didn't back this up on my system because it's distributed. Transferring right. is you don't have to transfer from one to the other because it's distributed. And you also mentioned that it's secure and accessible uh, at the same time. So right. those and immutable. So that that's the only the, once something's written that that is the record that that's the public part of it. Once you've think of it as as putting something up on it, putting something down on a page. Once that's down, everyone can see it, and you can't just sort of go and use your eraser. It's like, hey, what are you doing there? So, so the, the the facts of the data are always available, and it's sort of always additive. So you're never sort of you you don't have ever the opportunity to go back and change anything. Everything has has to be going forward. Yeah, and, right. and Jeff, I thought your your comment there about source of truth was was pretty key in that. You know the. The way we operate today is more around centralized databases with with information that's in a single spot. And if a hacker or otherwise, you know, ill-meaning uh, contributor has access to that, they can modify it. And you know, there's there's no other duplicates or records other than what that particular instance has implemented for their own uh, personal approach. So. You know, the distributed ledger is a nice way to say there's multiple copies, that source of truth is out there. And if anything attempts to alter that, there's a lot of different data points to, to corroborate with and make sure that, you know, which one is 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 really, you know, uh, um, an attempt to change that. Uh, and the encryption and all that kind of stuff is built in. So it's less risky from that perspective than everyone rolling their own. Right. Great. Thank you for that. And a lot of times when folks talk about blockchain, they talk about the future. And Jeff, you kind of mentioned that as well. But can we talk about today, right? Like, so what are some of the key blockchain applications that are being used in retail right now? Jeff, if you can start us on that one again as well. Sure. Uh, I, I would say that 
you know, from our experience, it really is greenfield right now. I mean, there there's some supply chain um, uh, blockchain being used, but the the only sort of spot that you'll run into it is for the retailers, and there's not that many who are accepting crypto using cryptocurrency as part of their transaction, uh, as part of their payment offerings. But again, it, it you know, this is a uh, my my role at Red Iron is really R and D, so we are out ahead of this a little bit. And the key here is, I just want people to sort of get a little introduction to what blockchain is and start thinking from a retail leadership perspective. How would I, you know, how am I going to use this? Sort of give me some sort of friendly understanding of what it is, not the yucky words that you started with, sort of thing. <laughs> so, so I'd okay. say in terms of in terms of today. It's it's very sparse, very very here and there, and where it's used. Um, well, I should actually, you know, what, let me let me just. There are there are different um, implementations of blockchain, and there are a lot of what I would call uh, pseudo blockchain implementations, where they have a cryptography component to them, but they aren't um, distributed. So this is like a, there's there's QDB and there's 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 ledgers that are cryptographically signed, and so only in, they're immutable, but they don't have the distribution um, component to them. So you see those a little bit, people starting to play with those. And I think that's, you know, that's a first step that sort of gets you on the road. But in terms of really a blockchain application, I haven't run across one in retail that is not just the acceptance of cryptocurrency, which is tangential to retail, really. It's just, you know, that from a retailer perspective, it doesn't really know that it's dealing with yeah. blockchain any more than it is, you know, it's just Got a it. payment integration. Well, then let us hop into your time machine then and go to the future. So what do you expect right. to be key blockchain applications in retail in the future? And what other issues, you know, could uh, blockchain help solve? So again, Jeff first and, and then Barry. Sure. So, well, this is a good question. And it's very difficult to, so I'll, I'll talk about the near future just because, you know, it, um, it, it's very hard to project because I think that, I think understanding the technology, it's probably going to, it, it, it's probably the biggest steps forward it's going to take are probably going to come from left field. It's going to be something in a different industry that all of a sudden the retailers sort of look and say, hey, you know, that that's kind of like what we're doing here and we could apply that. It's um, uh, what was the they um, how what was the movie with Michael J. Fox? Uh, Back to the Future. So when Back to the Future did their projection in the future, is like the fax machine was this huge component of future life, and that's because that's you know that was pretty cool at the time that they wrote it, and so they just fired. Oh well, now I, I personally cool. still think I personally still think fax machines are cool, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, in the future, they're color, and I think they make noise or whatever. But <laughs> That's right. so, so it's so it's very difficult in that regard to really decide. I mean, the applications of blockchain and retail are certainly, you know, you can think of it. You know, wouldn't it be nice to have an imperturbable transaction record, and then you know, all your uh, reporting systems can run off of that, and you can share that with uh, your suppliers. You can share that with your customers. Now, when I say share, it doesn't mean that they have full access to everything in there. I mean, you still control. It's just that the it, it might be it might be opaque to people, but at least they know that the chain is there and that it's uh, representing the 
transaction data for this business, it might be that you can only see portions of it or that your access to understanding the content is limited, but at least you can have this. And then so then you, you and the retailer, me as a customer and the retailer have a shared understanding of every transaction we've ever done. And so then, you know, you can think about how that would apply in returns. We're do, actually doing a POC for a um, for returns adjudication using the blockchain, just so to better understand how that would be. Because we see that as something that might come earlier in the evolution of this. Um, loyalty, I think, has a lot of um, interesting applications in that one of the things you can do on the blockchain is execute what are called smart contracts and so it's a it's a it's a it's a codified interaction between us that can be executed in the future and so we've made an agreement it's like you know i i'm going to i'm going to make you dinner one time i mean probably not the retail example but i you know jim i'll make you dinner and then so i give you that commitment and then you can um, execute on that whenever it's you know, appropriate for you to do so. And we, you can build those sort of things in over a blockchain with, you know, typically that would be in a product called Ethereum. And so what that would let me do as a retailer is I could start building loyalty um, interactions with my customers that are much more sophisticated than currently. So, you know, if I've got a, I, I, can, I can build um, systems of loyalty that number one, I don't need a third party to adjudicate my loyalty. So I'm cutting out that I've got a direct relationship with my customer. Maybe just having a direct relationship with my customer is enough to sort of start changing my business, right? So right now, a lot of the interactions with our cu with customers is mediated either they're, you know, through your loyalty provider or through the banks or through the payment providers. Here's something where it's just you and the customer and what could you do with that? Yeah, that's a good question. Got it. Interesting. So, Barry, I want to get your take on it, but it seems like what Jeff is saying is some of the things the applications are because you don't have to worry about so-and-so got hacked, right? It's between you and the customer. So, customer data will be more secure, payment security, supply right. chain security, uh, things of that nature. What's what's your take, Barry, on what you see around the corner? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did a little bit of research before we got together here, and some of the case studies I saw online were pretty interesting. You know, good example of supply chain, uh, sort of detecting uh, damaged goods or uh, food uh, spoilage or problems uh, within the supply chain. There's been retailers experimenting with that. I saw a good one on Walmart uh, and IBM. And, you know, the idea is if you want to track, you know, how things are, are going through that chain, you can snapshot. Uh, quality and, and other stats along the way and embed that into the blockchain and make sure that that's not being tampered with in any way. And then, you know, things like where you might have like a, an E. coli problem when it reaches the consumer, you can trace it all the way back to the source of origin and identify where that came from. In the case of damaged goods, you could say, well, it, you know, it arrived at the store broken. We want to know what part of the supply chain this happened at so that we can identify any problems or if there's any loss of, of uh, inventory, you know, there's there's ways of, of leveraging this kind of transaction uh, and, and information that goes along with it. So, you know, it's not something that has to be implemented through blockchain, but it certainly adds you know, value to be able to put it in there and, and sort of lock it up and be able to leverage that technology for it. So some very interesting case studies going on right now. And I think you're gonna see more people experimenting with it rather than going to full-blown implementation yeah. 
And, uh, you know, a lot of the providers out there, as Jeff alluded to, there's different blockchain providers and they have different pros and cons just like anything else. So it's also one of those typical uh, VHS and beta kind of battles, you know, which one wins out. And some of that is tied to crypto at the moment. But, you know, once once one becomes more dominant than the others, you'll see the, the features and the trends start moving that direction and the adoption rate will probably improve. I think at the moment, since it's so new, there's a lot of people hesitant to jump on board. And, and just like you said at the beginning, when you read through a description of what it is, a lot of people aren't even going to grasp what they really can do with that technology until they see some other examples. Yeah, it's funny. So all of us are of a certain age, right? You know, Jeff, you know, is having his 30 year wedding anniversary. He didn't get married in kindergarten, right? So we all know that we're the three of us are of, of, of a certain age. And we remember when knowing where you were going was a map that was maybe highlighted or some printed directions. And that was good enough for us. But now with GPS, we know every turn, every alternate angle, is there an accident, right? What's the traffic like? And we really make a lot of decisions along the way. It seems like blockchain can almost do that to your supply chain, right? Right now, supply chain is, well, we know it's here and then we know it's gonna end up here, but it seems like you can really track it all along right. the way. Jeff, am I am I reading yeah, into no. that too much or is that that's, is that that's, accurate what you think? That's a good analogy in that, you know, I was I was talking to someone the other day, and it's like if you go back 20 years, the the what we do now with cell phones would seem like magic, right? Mm -hmm. It's like so something that I carry in my hand can access all the information in the world, can tell me where to go, you know, all of that is like that seems like sorcery, and I think it's going to be the same with blockchain. Is that you know just we don't know yet where this is going to take us, but I think that you know as people who are watching this leaders in in retail really should start engaging with it and sort of figure out what the path is going to be because again i think it's inevitable and i think we'll have to you know i don't think you have to solve it today but i think you should start thinking about this you know on the drive to work etc just sort of start thinking about what this will do to your business yeah, before I have a couple more questions for you guys, I will just say a neighbor of mine, um, she talked about her dad worked uh, as an engineer at General Electric in the 1970s, and he had the early prototype. He helped develop GPS. And so, you know, they had a four, you know, a car in the middle. They couldn't fit a fifth person because they had this giant unit in there, and it just showed only uh, military airports. That's all that it did. But she liked the GPS all the way back then. You know, we're going back, what, you know, 45 years or or something like that. So, yeah, everything starts somewhere and then it becomes uh, in, in the palm of our hand. So, what, right. so Jeff, and you might have alluded to it. Like, I wanted to know what are common mistakes or painful mistakes that you've seen retailers make related to blockchain? So, if it hasn't been widely implemented, is right. it simply just not, you know, having a plan to utilize it, not investigating it and thinking like yeah. you can get caught when, when things are too late? Is that your take? Yeah, I think so. Is just not engaging with it. A lot of the, um, a lot of the, a lot of times when I try and strike up this conversation, it's just you know blanks and and you know or you know it, it's not all that, but I see a lot of just I don't know sort of stuff, and I I think that's missing. You know, I I don't think you have to be on the cutting edge, but I think you should be familiar with what the concepts are underlying it. It's also you know it's not universally um, good news. I mean, it's empowering. You know, it's it's empowering for the individual consumer. But one of the things that um, Barry was mentioning, you know, if you have an E. coli outbreak, you can trace it back to the source. Well, the consumer now has visibility, potentially, all the way back to its manufacturer. So what's the retailer's role in that relationship? Like, can the, 
you know, do we do we start changing the nature of the relationship of a retail purchase? So, you know, it, it's not all, you know, here's new stuff to take advantage of. You know, you really have to think through, you know, what is a retailer? How am I providing value in this new world? And and, you know, because now you can have manufacturers will also have a direct relationship with the retail with the customer. So, you know, you're you're adding that layer in where that's not, yeah. You know, I don't know where anything's made that my wife buys for me. I don't really <laughs> Right. <laughs> with, with blockchain, you will. It'll be right there. Uh, at yeah, your exactly. Fingers. Right. Right. Uh, Barry, well, what do you think about uh, mistakes and and how retailers should move forward to avoid some of those pitfalls? Yeah, I think I think it's very much what Jeff was saying there, as far as just not understanding any new technology. As long as you can keep up with you know the the goal and the and the new offerings out there and think about how it can impact your business, then you're ready to move when the time comes. I think most, for the most part, our, our world is a copycat world. You know, yeah. there's gonna be a few people that lead, that, that try this out, that experiment, that do some implementations. And as soon as someone has a major success, you're gonna see a pile of copycats out there. Yeah. So, you know, a big part of any new tech is just at least understanding it, keeping up with how it's evolving, and being ready to jump in when it's appropriate. Right. right. So that's that that applies to everything, right? And 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 you see it happen. There's an explosion of whatever that new tech is. For a while ago, it was it was you know mobile phones. Everyone suddenly had a mobile phone, and you you kind of ridicule anyone who's late to the game. Why are you still operating that flip phone or the big you know satellite phones? Uh, so every tech has an evolution, and obviously there's pain points for jumping in early. And at, at sometimes there's pain points for not coming in, you know, early enough. And you know, as it relates to that that E. coli scenario, one of the interesting gains there was their turnaround time in, in identifying the source, right? So I, I think I read that it used to take like seven days to trace a product back to the to the original source, and they could do it in less than two seconds with the blockchain implementation. So when it comes to things like health matters and and maybe some of the legal aspects of running a business, you know, that kind of technology could really help solve a business problem because you're gonna be on the hook to report that. And if it takes you a week to report, it, it, it really shows weakness in the, in the chain, right? So some of these techs don't have to necessarily, you know, be all about revenue and profit. It's also about, you know, your flows, your, your operations and your efficiencies and uh, traceability in this case, right? So. So I think you know the the downside to not paying attention is not knowing where it can apply. Got it. Right. It sounds like you're saying the advice is like picture this as a uh, you know a race you know that's a marathon. Don't just sit at the starting line until you have to get out of the gates and start sprinting the whole way. Start walking down the path. It's not like you have to adopt anything right now, but Pretty lean much. on the trusted advisors, people who know. Uh, what they're talking about. So, uh, Jeff, why don't you take us home? What would be your recommendations for first steps uh, that retailers should take related to blockchain? I think I think at this point, you know, watchful waiting is an appropriate strategy. Um, I think when you when you start when we start to see what blockchain is going to do in retail, it'll it'll be it'll be small steps first. Um, you do have there are implementations of blockchain that have you know that that where the nodes are uh, closely held, and so it's sort of the it's it's the model. But you know there's only every, every node in the chain belongs to whoever's in the group, and so you don't have the sort of you don't have certainly the the dramatic 
distribution um, that, that sometimes is a little scary. So there are ways to get in um, a little more slowly than, than sort of just diving right into the deep end. But I think in terms of next steps, what I'd like readers to be doing is like, just think about their business processes. Where is their mediation that could be eliminated? You know, what would it mean if I could have a disaggregated relationship with my customer? You know, what, what is, where is there a lot of friction in my business and could that be eliminated with, with blockchain? I mean, from, and it's also, you know, in my role at Red Arm, you know, we're a software company. And so it, it, it applies to us too, right? We're, we're looking at this, you know, maybe software should be um, licensed as an NFT, you know, so, so there's, there's technology that, uh, you know, you're just always sort of watching the horizon. I actually, I, I, I built my own NFT, which was about a couple of years ago, and it was much more painful than it is now. For it's always that way, right? The first, you know, early on, things are very difficult, and now it's simple. Like I, I just looked up just before this call to see what what it would take now, and it's like a couple of clicks on the web, and you can make your own NFT. Now, again, it's not worth anything, but it's just I wanted to familiarize myself with the <laughs> process. So, you know, just you know, just keep your eyes on the horizon, you know, but think about where understand at least what the objectives of the technology are and think about how it could transform your business and then just be ready when the time comes to make prudent decisions. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say is, yeah, do that research, but do assisted research, right? Lean on the experts uh, right. who are able to do that because there's all sorts of, you know, misinformation right. out there as well and it can- And it can tons really of jargon. It, it really gets, it's, it's jargon filled. It's very confusing. For sure. Well, uh, hope this episode, hope you enjoyed it. Hope it helped you cut through the jargon. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the Red Iron YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Just go to YouTube and search Red Iron Retail to find us. If you're on YouTube right now, it depends on your device. It's either down here or up here. Uh, click on subscribe. We'd love for you to uh, make sure you catch every future episode. Before we go, big thanks again to Jeff and Barry for sharing their wisdom with us today. Thanks also to Red Iron Marketing Director Jeff Williamson for his production work. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. For more information and retail technology best practices, visit the Red Iron website at redirontech.com. Thanks again for listening, and goodbye, everybody.